Hi, Stacy Monroe here, and I am doing a four or five part series on this podcast, the Six Figure Hairstylist podcast, because I'm in some groups and I'm seeing lots of changes going on in the salon. I'm experiencing a lot of changes myself. I'm watching things as they unfold, and I have a lot to say about it. So today I want to talk to all the salon owners out there, specifically ones who have commission-based salons. So for those of you who are not familiar with me, I'm Stacy Monroe. I've owned Stacy Monroe's salon for over 28 years. I'm also a six-figure hairstylist behind my chair. Um, and let's face it, being an, a salon owner, it's not a one-size-fits-all. Um, when we opened up our businesses, we did so so that we can create freedom in our life, not answer to anyone, and just make all this money in the world, right? Well, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. In fact, most salons close within the first 18 months of opening. And looking back on my beginning years, I can see how that can happen. So we're going to fast forward to today's ownership where everything, it's different for us. We were shut down for nine months. We lost some of our teams. Many stylists retired. Many salons closed. Commission stylists are, they're changing and they want to run their own business. And I can't say I don't blame them. Um, they're looking at the money to be made. The color service pricing is really nothing to laugh at right now. I mean, extension services are the norm and stylists are really waking up and that being said today i want to start this series by speaking to the commission salon owners because um like i said i'm in a few groups and i am listening to how um, people are using are losing sorry just staff by the numbers and i also want to talk to the owners who are thinking about adding commission in their salon you know, or maybe you're a brand new salon owner and wondering how to do all of this and not to lose your ASS because I'm here to tell you having employees is expensive, which is an entirely different conversation. So today we won't go into that, but it is worth it to those of you who want to go for it. I know many salon owners who are moving toward commission and they're doing very well. Um, so let me begin here why I think that everything is different for us right now. Well, during the shutdown, stylists got a taste of making all the money. Many um, did not return to the salon environment. Some moved to solas. Some continued their doing hair in their home salons that they created during the shutdown. And some people, you know, they're still doing hair at other people's houses, Many stylists are not interested in giving away 60% of what they've been making. Or, you know, they're, they're seeing all of these Instagram, you know, influencers doing hair and they are making it look pretty easy. And, you know, a lot of them are thinking, well, shoot, I can do this too. Um, another thing I noticed and this has been kind of going on for a little while is how stylists are not advertising our salons on their social pages, not like they used to before. You know, they say stuff like text me or DM me for appointments. 
you know, I've slowly watched the culture change with the new stylists that are starting out. And um, what I've been seeing, like I said, is entire teams walking out. And if you're not careful, this can happen to you. So right now, um, you don't want that because going, there's going to be a huge challenge in once you have this walkout, building things back up. It's not as simple as it used to be anymore, you know, um, looking for new stylists. A lot of stylists, they're just not moving around. And that also is for another episode. But today, what I want to talk to you about is winning this battle. Being an owner, I have had commission employees, and it is still a beautiful thing. So what worked for me for many years and kept stylists inspired so that they don't leave was to create an environment where they can grow. When I needed to fill my chairs, um, I would hire assistants who then would move up to commission and then become a renter. Some of these stylists would actually continue their journey of growth by moving on and opening their own salons. I do not keep things from the people that work for me. I have their best interest in mind and I want them to grow because you can't keep people who want to grow from growing. I attracted stylists because of my location and my reputation. And for a while, you know, anybody who started working at the salon, they shortly bought a car because, you know, we have a ton of walk-ins and the salon, it can support being open seven days a week. We could have operating hours from 6 a.m. to 1 a.m. The clientele, it's there. It seems crazy, um, but at one time we were operating on these similar, similar hours of operations. We had stay-home moms who came to work at 5 p.m. when their dads got home. We had a stylist come in after the kids were dropped off from school and then they had to leave by three. We had college students who did hair by putting themselves through college. Um, I've had many of these scenarios in the salon and they were all very successful at doing this. Part of being a successful salon with your staff is to meet them where they're at. What are their needs? And then hire a team to complement individual needs until all of your shifts are taken. You might be thinking, yeah, no, thank you. Um, this is not your business model. You know, you want to have more control and all of this. And you know what? That's okay. You can run your business however you want. You know, maybe one day some of this will resonate with you and you'll get to the point where you want to run your business a lot simpler and ha be a little bit more uh, flexibility um, in your business. And so, because, you know, I wasn't like that in the beginning. Definitely not. You know, I, I was, um, I ran my, my salon a lot differently. You know, I had a lot of rules and stuff. And, and, then, and throughout the years, I have learned to be flexible. I'm also more empathetic because I had a baby when I was 16. Um, and sometimes I had to bring my kid to work with me. And I do feel sorry for clients um, back then because, you know, I was flaky. And it's definitely not the way you want to start your career. I, I mean, I can still remember. I have photographic memories of, 
you know, working on clients, telling them stories about why I was late or why I didn't show or why I canceled. Um, you know, I was messy. So I have a little bit higher tolerance, you know, for messy people as long as that they're not sabotaging the su success in the salon or the success of the people that, that work together. I am a firm believer in meeting people where they're at. So fill your salon hours of operations with the people who can fill them. There's nothing worse than, you know, having someone take a job because they know it's going to be good for them, but they have no intention on being able to fulfill the hours that you have for them. So just really work with people with what works for them. You know, maybe you might have morning people, night people, or weekend people, um, hire accordingly. And trust me, this is a winning scenario. You're going to also change people's lives by allowing them to work in a place that supports them, you know, like this, um, and their family. They're going to develop gratitude for you and the opportunity that you've given them. Um, and it's also okay to have sliding scale commissions. I've done this with my last lash artist, microblading artist. Um, it's okay to give a higher commission on high ticket services. I've heard people talk about this also in the groups um, about, you know, what should they do in, in these scenarios. So if you do want to do something like that, instead of, you know, you might want to give them more commission because, you know, the profit margin is a lot bigger, just make sure that all of your costs are covered before you agree on the split. You can also um, have just a certain set commission for colors and cuts. You know, that could be your base commission. You can also offer a sliding scale commission on monetary milestones, meaning if your stylist brings in up to $1,300, it's a flat rate of like 40%. And then anything from like $1,301, they can get 45%. You know, I've had a lot of stylists strive for that because we that that was one of our beginning base commissions and so a lot of them wanted to make over that 1301 so you're going to have them do some more clients um, so that they can kind of hit that so that kind of gives them incentive to want to make more you know and then of course you can work some different numbers for higher ticket services um, now in california having employees you know it's pretty expensive and as an owner I end up paying more taxes on their check than they do. So maybe I might be taking $50 out of their check. It's coming out of their paycheck. I'm actually matching that by maybe paying 55. It's crazy. Um, and the supply cabinets, you know, for them is also costly. Um, and they do have, um, I believe there is a company that has a tracking system where you can, you can track usage. I've not, um, used companies like that, but I've seen people with some great testimonies about things like that. Some of you might already be using some of those. I um, mean, in California, you also have to pay, you know, hourly and commission. So be sure to check with your state laws to avoid being taken to the labor board. I've been taken there twice. I've been sued and I've been audited. <laughs> so try and avoid this route because it's going to cost you in the tens of thousands to defend yourself. Whether you win or not, it's going to cost you a lot of money. Um, I've also done payroll a few different ways. My most recent was using 
good old square payroll. It's cheap and it's easy. I've done it the hard way before. I've done it myself. I've had, you know, um, an accountant do it for me. And there's a lot of work involved with, uh, Square, you know, you week, they do it weekly or every other week, however you pay your people. And they f do all the paperwork for you. They take the money out of your bank. They send it in. They fill out all your paperwork. It really is a no-brainer. And they can also do direct deposit to your staff. Um, it's really simple to set that up. And uh, you don't even have to write checks. So, you know, that's something that I would consider. I mean, if you have a staff of like, hundreds of people, then of course, you know, that's going to be different. So I'm talking to non-corporate, you know, small-ish salons. Like I have, at my peak, I was a 20-chair salon. And I had seven stations designated to commission, and then the rest were renters. So if I had a commission person in those seven and all my renters were full, they had to wait for a spot to come up. And that slowly ended up changing as well but that's kind of how I started that out and it worked really well so I hope that this helps you you know gives you some more insight on how maybe you can you know do some sliding scale commissions you know allow people to grow in your salon and then just be open to the conversation of what it is they're saying you know because I do see that a lot of people are you know struggling with the conversations where people are like you know I want to rent or I want to hire a commission and a lot of salon owners are stumped on this. So if there's any other uh, ways that I can help you, you know, feel free to reach out. You can um, just email me at Stacy at stacymonroe.com. I also have, you know, Instagram, Stacy Monroe, and then my Facebook page. You can reach out to me anytime. You know, maybe I, you know, triggered some um, other things that you might be thinking about and what you might need some help on in this arena. If so, just reach out and be well. And until the next episode, um, I'm just going to start recording all of these and uploading them as I'm done. So they're just going to be there for you. And um, like I said, if you have any other questions, just reach out. Have a great day.